but he went to God and told God, he said, listen here, God, I am afraid, amen, and I need you to come in and lead us and guide us, and God gave him instruction for what he needed to do. What I'm trying to tell the church this morning is this, is that you don't have to make a bad decision if you go before God and let God direct you in the way that you should go. Now, if we would go over to Luke, the 15th chapter, and for the sake of time, amen, I'm just going to paraphrase it a little bit. Here in the 15th chapter, verses 11 through 9, we're coming up to, I believe that's the a prodigal son, right? Amen. We get to the prodigal son, and the prodigal son made a choice. And it, it was the right of power to choose, amen? He thought that he was doing the, uh, the best thing. And see, what happened to him is this. He was about to put his flesh first. Putting flesh first is that now most cases you don't get your inheritance till your till your your, your uh, father dies. But he wanted the portion that was given unto him. Whatever portion the father had set aside for him, he went to the daddy and he said, "Listen here, give me my inheritance." Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And he should be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Come worship with us. Enter the nomination of faith, Church of the Living God. 1279 Pickett Road, Leesville, Louisiana. Where God is first and people are always. Welcome to the Living Your Destiny broadcast with Dr. John Barton bringing you the Word of God with simplicity and revelation. Now, let's join Dr. Barton for today's message. You've got to have a persuasion that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. The Amplifier says this in verse 37, Yet amid all these things we are more than conquerors and gain a surpassing victory through him who loved us. For I am persuaded beyond doubt, am sure, that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor things impending and threatening, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor death, nor anything else in all creation. I don't care what it is. I don't care what the name of it is. There is no name that is higher than the name of Jesus. There's no other name that's higher than yours, Lord. There's no other name that's higher than yours, Lord. Your name is Jesus. I don't care if it has a name, it has to bow. Nothing that's threatening, nothing that's impending, no powers, nothing to come, nothing that was, nothing that is, nothing that is to come. No height, death, nothing, nothing, nothing. You've got to get to a place where nothing is going to stop you from overtaking. Nothing is going to stop you from serving God. Nothing is going to stop you from doing what God has called you to do. Nothing. So he says... 
should be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Oh, we have to be rooted and grounded in that love. Because it's through being rooted and grounded in that love that we are active participants of that grace. And that grace will empower you. Even when Paul was going, dealing with his thorns, that grace empowers you. And you just keep on keeping on. Through your good days, you keep on keeping on. It's that grace that's sustaining you. It's that grace. It's that grace. It's that grace that's keeping you from losing your mind. It's that grace. It's that grace that's working in your life that's causing you to love the unlovely. It's the grace of God that's upon you right now that keeps wooing you back to fellowship with him. It was not you. Stop talking about how good it to shoot you were. God knew every thought that was in your mind. God, it's your grace. It's your grace. It's your grace. And that grace is empowering. And even like David, David understood in 1 Samuel 30. And I'm going to just briefly recap it. David came to Ziglag. Ziglag was part of his inheritance. God promised David Ziglag. When you become king, you're going to have all of these cities and all of these possessions will be yours. David was a fighter. He was a warrior. He was a worshiper. He had a dual anointing. He could worship, but at the same time, he could war. David was the only king in Israel that never lost a battle. The only battle David lost was in his flesh. But he was a mighty man of God. Still today, uh, the Jews honor David as king. As a matter of fact, uh, they, they, they really honor David and Abraham more than they do Jesus. Most of them do. Okay? David had a high... Uh, position in God's plan. He, he, he had a great significance in the plan of God. But there came a point where David, when he returned to Ziglag, he saw everything God gave him was stolen. He lost everything. He lost everything. And David got to a point that it really, really infuriated him to a point where this warrior began to cry with everything within him. See, it's one thing to, to be tough and to be buff and to appear before people as this great mighty warrior, but there are some things in life that when it hits you, it will bring you to your knees. If it happened to David, it can happen to anybody. And he began to weep, and the people surrounding him began to weep. The Bible says they wept until they had no more power to weep. How many of you ever wept like that? I mean, this thing was just so hurtful. This thing was just so disappointing. You just, you just could not cry another tear. You had to deal with the frustration. You had to deal with the pain. That's an unbearable pain if it's not for God's grace. The Bible says that the people even spake of stoning David. The same ones that he led out of their caves. The same one that he began to teach and train. David took these 400 rejected men and turn them into a mighty army. Train them. I mean, demonstrated some things and how to overcome and how to survive. And the same ones that he helped ended up wanting to stone him. What do you do? The people you train, the people you teach, the people you pray for, the people you intercede for, the people you encourage end up wanting to stone you. 
because you did not come through for them in a time that they thought. We got to be in a position where you are empowered and stay in a place of strength. When they started picking up the stones to throw it at David, David said, hold up, give me the ephod. Tell somebody, say, give me the ephod. Give me the ephod. That is very important. Some of you may not know what the ephod is. The ephod was the priestly garment that only the priest wore when he was about to have a holy encounter with God. It was the only part, amen, the ephod, not the kings could not wear the ephod. The prophets could not wear the ephod. Only the priests could wear the ephod. See, David had such a special place with God. Amen. David was not just king, but he was prophet and priest as well. He said, give me the ephod. I'm about to turn my pity into prayer. <laughs> Watch this. As long as David and the men were crying, nothing changed. Nothing changed. I, I, I want to say this, and this is not to, not to say that I'm not showing sympathy, but crying won't change nothing. You might get a, a little cleansing, you know, a little cleansing, but you're going to have to learn how to live by faith and, 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 and stand in your authority. After you get through crying and wipe them tears, God's going to be standing there and say, okay, now you ready to do what I told you to do? Are yeah. oh, you ready to do it my way? Yeah. David said, give me the ephod. And the Bible says that, that David began to encourage himself in the Lord. Mom, I feel like dancing right now. Can I tell you something? Sometimes people won't be around. Sometimes the people you think should be strong for you won't be strong enough for the time that you're facing. Amen. You can't go through your, to your same intercessory prayer partner like you used to. God has you in a different place now where you got to learn how to encourage yourself in the Lord. The Bible says this of David. He inquired of the Lord. Oh, they followed me. Good. David inquired at the Lord saying, I just have one question. And I'm going to leave it alone. Shall I pursue after this troop? I just want to know. Do you want me to, do you want me to get them? Because <laughs> you know I can fight for you, Lord. Shall I pursue after this troop? And if I pursue them, shall I overtake them? And after I overtake them, well, you know, what's going to happen? He's, he answered him. Here's God answering David. Pursue. For thou shalt what? Not only will you overtake, but you're going to surely overtake it. And without fail, do what? So let's, let, let, let's, let's just see what happened in verse 9. And, and, and David, he, let's see what he, he went. And the 600 men that were with him, and go to verse 10, praise God. They continued to, to do what God, David said, all I need to do is what God tells me to do. Verse 10, David pursued. He and 400 men, because 200 got weary along the way. You're going to always have some people that get tired along the way. There will always be casualties in every battle. Even Joshua. Joshua had one of the greatest armies, but he had some casualties. Tell somebody and say, I'm not the casualty. <laughs> I'm an exception to that. The 200 abode behind. They stayed behind. Can I tell you something? As we pursue, as we continue in this mission, there will be some people we're going to have to leave behind. Yes. 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 
There are going to have to be some people that will not want to go because they don't have what it takes to move forward. You got to do like Joshua. Well, that's for me and my house. We're going to serve the Lord. We're going to keep moving forward. They kept moving forward. They tried to encourage the 200, come on, come home. But you can only encourage some, some people so far. You got to keep moving. You got to stay obedient. You can't spend all of your energy trying to encourage people to do things that they should be doing themselves. I don't have enough energy to encourage you. You got to learn how to encourage yourself. Touch somebody and say, are you listening to this message? Touch somebody else and say, are you getting this message? Look at verse, verse 16. When they had brought him down, behold, they were spread abroad upon all the earth, eating and drinking and dancing. David came. He saw where the enemies were. He saw them eating his food. Isn't that something? They, he, I mean, they were eating his food, wearing his royal robes. They saw, David saw them dancing with his wives. Playing with his children. And they were dancing. They were dancing to his earth, wind, and fire collection. How would you like that? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Mighty cause of joy. You got to put a little humor in there for some people. David was like, oh, no. You're not going to be eating all my food, wearing my robes, dancing with my wife, praying with my children, playing with my children, amen, and dancing to my collection that I just got. Oh, no. It's time to fight. It's time. Y'all get where I'm going, huh? It's time to fight. They were dancing because of all the great spoil that they had taken out of the land of the Philistines and out of the land of Judah. And David began to fight. He smote them from the twilight even until the evening of the next day. He put that Zorro anointing on him. He just began to start swiping. Anything that came in his way, swipe, smoke, smite, smite. And David didn't stop until he destroyed every enemy that stole from him. Oh, let me tell you. This is the time not to be weary, but to smite every enemy that comes in our path. This concludes our message for today. Thank you for supporting John Barton Ministries.